and welcome to episode 33 of the Crochet Circle podcast. This one is called It's So Close I Can Almost Sniff It. <laughs> um, come on in, welcome, hello. My name is Faye, this is my monthly podcast. It comes out on the first Friday of every month, religiously. Everything else in my life gets put to one side so that at 10 o'clock, first Friday of every month, this podcast goes live on audio and also up on YouTube. You can catch me on Instagram on crochet underscore circle underscore podcast and there's also a group of lovely lovely people on Ravelry and everyone that watches and listens to the podcast is part of the crochet clan so if you are on Instagram you can use the hashtag crochet clan to see what everybody is up to and start using that hashtag as well and be part of the clan. I'm trying something new today. I started it on the last couple of recordings um, and I am standing up to podcast. I really enjoyed it last time and I felt it kept my energy levels up. It probably made me waffle less so I had less editing to do so that was a benefit. Um, and my niece helped me to rejig my office studio around a little bit so the way that we've now got it makes it really feasible for me to... Um, podcast standing up and be closer to the window so I've got more natural light. I'm still using studio lights as well but I think it's quite cool and I'm, I really quite like the energy that I've got from doing it this way so apologies you might hear me shuffling about I might move around a bit more because I'm like naturally quite uh, buoyant I just I'm always dancing and kind of larking about and um, but it seems to really suit me and it it's like moving around and being an idiot is part of my personality. So standing up to podcast seems like a natural thing for me to do. So I'm going to try and stay rooted to the spot so that you can't hear me shuffling about or see me jigging about too much. But um, we'll see how it goes. I'm going to test it out and see what I see what I think of it. Shall we crack on with old dog new tricks? Um, last month I reported back on Mothwatch and it has continued and loads and loads of you came back with lots of decent information on how you tackle them, the fact that you didn't even know to look out for moths and um, I've tried out a couple of other things since so that I could report back and let you know what the the best way was for dealing with moths. So um, lovely Elisa, Crochet Clan member, got in touch and told me about some pheromone traps that you can get. So they are um, sticky pieces of card and they have got a central um, part to them which has got the, the pheromones which attracts the male moths and that way the male moths should be attracted to that, get stuck and then the females can't breed. So I put them up in my house probably about two weeks ago and I'm still continuing to do moth watch in my living room, which is where I had the major issue with them. I checked all of the moth traps this morning, not a single moth on them. But I know that I have since had to deal with a load more moths in our living room and the pheromone traps don't seem to have done anything. I mean, you could say they were all females that I've been dealing with, but I'd be very surprised if that was the case. So... If you're looking at pheromone traps as a way of dealing with your moth problem, I I don't think it's enough. I think you probably need to be doing something else. 
And if you're of the opinion that this isn't something that you need to be aware of, my friend knew went to her stash um, a couple of days ago and even though she had double bagged it in plastic, um, she had moths had just decimated her stash. Absolutely heartbreaking for her. She had a really nicely curated load of yarn and wool and the moths have decimated it. So get into your stash, go and have a look at it, check out, look for eggs, look for moths, look for any signs of them. Um, lovely crochet clan person Mara got in touch and she has a friend who is also a pest controller and their suggestion for dealing with moths is even um, more full on the one, the one that I'd given you last time and they suggest that you ziplock it, freeze your yarn for five days, take it back out of the freezer for five days, keeping it in the ziplock bag and then freeze it for a further five days and what that means is any eggs that hadn't um, been dealt with in the first freezing have got the potential to then hatch during the defrost in those five days and then if you then refreeze it for five days that should kill out anything that has come alive in that um, in that time when it was out of the freezer again so five days in the freezer five days out five days back in the freezer and that's one of the best ways I think to deal with an existing problem and I would fully encourage you, the minute you see a moth in your house, deal with it. And still the best thing, believe it or not, is the hoover. That's the easiest way that I've found to deal with them. Because even if they are moving mid-flight, they, they fly quite an awkward um, kind of flight pattern. They're quite difficult to catch. But you've got more chance of doing it with the hoover because you can do it from further afield. Um Clapping your hands doesn't work, it's not that effective. Using a tissue, sometimes you don't catch them and it can make a mess. But at least by hoovering them up, they've just they've gone and that's it. Um, so I've still found that to be the me best method of dealing with um, an existing problem. But I fully encourage you to be really vigilant, get into your stashes, double check, double bag things, freeze up new stock that comes in. So if you're heading off to yarn shows, freeze it before you even let it anywhere near your stash because otherwise you could just have bought lots of um, wool and yarn and never get the benefit of it because all you're doing is giving moths a load of food to go at so yeah thank you for the information Mara it was really helpful Um, <laughs> I encourage you to look after your stashes I have never looked at spiders in such a positive light in all my life I hate spiders with a passion I've got one up just to the right of me where I'm recording and previously that would have been hoid out of my office and now I'm like come on in you big moth muncher you're allowed to stay here you can uh, you can remain in my office and in my house because I would rather have a spider than a moth that's how um, negatively I feel about moths little suckers so that's it for um, old dog new tricks the second thing that I wanted to talk about were some of the cows. We um, Today, as I'm recording, it's the 31st of July, so we're coming to the end of the summer top cal. It has been phenomenal. So many people have entered this. Lots and lots of you have um, 
crocheted or knitted up garments for the first time ever. You've never done it before. You've used the cal as a way of pushing yourself on with a new technique. Some of you have done four or five different tops for or within the cal. It's just been great to see. If you want to see all of the finished objects, then there are two places to go and see them and you will see different things in both places. So the first is on Instagram and if you go to and search hashtag summer top cal fo then you'll see all of the finished objects listed in that um, and other places in the Ravelry thread in the finished objects for the Ravelry thread. There are loads and what I've been trying to do is anytime somebody has been working on a top that um, I haven't already got in the bundle in the in Ravelry then I've been searching it out and if it's on Ravelry then I've added it to the bundle. So if you're looking for inspiration on lots of different patterns that you could crochet up, then go to the main page of this, the Crochet Circle group on Ravelry and at the top right hand side you will see bundles and you'll see a lady, I think she's got her back to you, the photo, and it's a stripy, little stripy top that she's got on and it says something like Summer Top Cal um, bundle and there are loads of patterns in there to go and have a look at very varied lots of people had an input on creating that bundle and like I say I've tried to add every single one that's been added into the cal as well so loads of inspiration in there for you to go at and um, yeah thank you everyone that's taken part it, it has been really good I finished one top one of which I am wearing which is my um summer road trip top that I did for the crochet along and I have another one still on the go which I'll show you in en route I haven't quite made it to the deadline so because I'm recording on the 31st and this is due to go out on the 3rd of August what I'm going to do is insert cleverly insert a little piece now from Future Fee where I will have drawn the winner of um, Sharon's pattern for the No Sew Kimono and also the two winners for the summer top cal. Hello, this is Future Fee coming to tell you about all of the entries that we had for the cal and who the winners were. So I've just totted it all up and we had 61 entries on Ravelry and 53 on Instagram. Um, and some of them were crossed over as I encourage people, some put them up on Ravelry and on Instagram absolutely fine with that and I did a random number generation and the number that came up for Ravelry was 51 <laughs> and the winner is Mara Ruby Tombstone who um, I can't remember if I've already talked about her or I will be talking about her later on in this episode but Mara well done you are our Ravelry winner you get the um, new Sherman beautiful British leather hook case and the stitch markers from Lisa and also the Liberty um beautiful Liberty notebook. Um so well done to you, thank you. And then the winner from sorry, I should say that um Mara's um project that she won, she put in loads of different ones, but the one that won was the Petals Cardi cover and I'll pop a picture up in the show notes and here. And the winner from Instagram was um, Wendy, who is Wendell Call on Instagram, and she was number 53, and she did the Sea Breeze cover-up top. 
Um, and again, Wendy put in loads of entries as well. So yeah, it's great to see that you ladies are winning. And Wendy lives um, not too far from me, actually. She's up in the northwest of England, or maybe you're in North Wales. So Wendy, let me know. Um, ping me a message and then I will sort out which colours you want for the Gossipine cotton. And you'll also get stitch markers from Lisa and a Liberty notebook. So well done and I will, um, yeah, I'll wait to hear from you with your addresses and then I'll send out your prizes. And I'm back in the room. Um, yeah, the other cal that's been going on is uh, the Loft Along, which I've been running personally on Instagram as Faye Dashbury Hughes Designs. Um, that's going really, really well, although I just feel like I have done nothing but knit and crochet loft shawls for like weeks on end now and it shows no sign of abating and um, I'll, I'll go into that in a little bit. Um, so yeah, if you're interested in that, that runs until the 31st of August. So many beautiful examples of people's work using knit by numbers, people not using knit by numbers, all sorts, loads of crocheted ones, loads of knitted ones. I'm just, I'm so chuffed. And I've just created two more patterns for that for DK versions. Um, so yeah, that's why I've been just on a loft mission because um, two more patterns have come out since I spoke with you last. Um, yeah, I think that's it for Cal's. Um, next thing that I wanted to talk to you about is yarn shows. I had a question come in from Crochet Clan member Fiona on Instagram. So Fiona's coming to Yarndale for the first time this year and she has never been to a yarn show before and she's, I don't think she's concerned about it but she's wondering how she can make the most of it. She doesn't want to get flustered and she wanted to know how she could approach, approach going to a yarn show for the first time. So I actually think that thought that this was something that lots of people might benefit from a kind of discussion point over. So what I've done was I collated like my top 10 ideas. It turned into be a top 11 and I'll, you'll see why for the 11th one of ways to approach um, a yarn show or ways that I would suggest you approach a yarn show. So forgive me because I'm gonna read these through um, off the paper so that I make sure I cover all of the points. Um, so number one, and this doesn't matter if you've been before or not, but go online. See what people have got to say about that yarn show. Is the food good? Is the ground uneven? Is day two quieter than day one? Um, all of this information can really help you to set yourself up for going to a yarn show. If the food's rubbish, you're going to want to take your own. If the ground's uneven, don't be going in your highest of high heels. Um, go online, see what all of the other visitors in previous years have had to say about it because it will really help you to get the most out of that yarn show. Number two, most yarn shows put a map up on their website a few weeks before with all of their vendors listed out. Print off the map, look at who's there. Um, and what I tend to do is mark off who it is that I definitely want to see. Who is it that I would be gutted if I missed out on seeing and I didn't get some of their stock? And they're the ones that I make a beeline for. So it might be that I'm zigzagging across different halls or different tents or different stalls uh, and alleyways. But I would do that first. And then anything else after that that you see that is new, 
well, that's all gravy, isn't it? That's all just good news because you're getting to see extra stuff. But if you've got very specific people that you want to see at that yarn show, then make a beeline for them first and make sure you don't miss out. In particular, if they've got something that they're doing specifically for that yarn show, a lot of indie dyers do specific colourways for different yarn shows. And if you're desperate to get hold of that, then definitely go and see that vendor first. Number three is dress appropriately. <laughs> um, you might think that a cattle market vend placed um, for a yarn show is going to be a really cold place to be. However, when you have got thousands of bodies in there, it can get really, really hot. So wear layers, stuff that you can strip off and put back on really easily. I particularly ha love having something that I can tie around my waist. So like a cardigan or a jumper, because then I'm not going to, I'm, well, I'm less likely to drop it. I don't have to add it into one of my bags. If it's around my waist, then I can quickly put it back on and take it off. It's not going to get buried with all of the stuff that I'm buying. Um, so yeah, wear layers and wear really comfortable shoes. I can't stress that enough. I don't know how many times I've gone from beauty over practicality at a yarn show and bitterly regretted it about three hours in. Um, yeah. Number four, arrive early and try to park as closely to the venue as possible. It means that you've got easy access to your car if you need to go and drop stuff off. And it also means that if the cafes are really busy and you can get a takeout cup of tea, you can go and sit in your car and get away from the crowds for a little bit. Some yarn shows are worse than others in terms of how large the crowds are and not being able to filter past and it can feel really quite claustrophobic. The ones in the UK that I've found that out in particular are Yarn Deal and Edinburgh Yarn Festival. They are exceptionally busy shows and you know you can really be doing the yarn show shuffle trying to get in and out of stalls and not being able to see and just being surrounded by people so um yeah sometimes you might just want a little bit of a breather and to go and sit in your own car in your own surroundings isn't a bad thing if claustrophobia is something that affects you um food food is a massive issue at yarn shows of all of the ones that i go to in the uk there are only two that i would say the food is good enough at I think, and that's Wonderful Wheels and Woolfest. Um, quite often the quality isn't good enough, the selection isn't good enough, quantities can't be good enough. I've been at yarn shows where they have just run out of food completely. Um, and again, this is where parking your car as close as possible comes. If you already know, because you've done your online research, that the yarn show doesn't have great food, then you can take your lunch and you can leave it in your car Go and have a breather in your car and go and get your lunch from there. Better still, arrange to come and have a picnic with lots of people. That's what um, myself and a load of other people are doing at Yarndale this year. There's going to be a picnic on the Saturday and the Sunday, 12.30, both days on the green outside the front of the venue. Weather permitting, I'm hoping that it's going to be good enough, but if you've parked your car closely enough, then you can get your picnic blankets out and you can sit and have lunch with us um, because I, I don't like queuing for the food at Yarndale. I'm never that impressed with the food anyway. So I would rather take homemade food 
and go and get a chill out and sit on the grass and enjoy a, a bit of social time with other people. So if you're coming to Yarndale and you want to do that, please come and join us. Half 12, Claudio will be there, Charlie will be there, Beck will be there, loads and loads of people will be there. Um, so bring your own lunch and come and picnic with us at half 12. Very welcome. But I would encourage you to go and do that at other shows as well. Um, go and check out also, if you're not up for bringing your own food, go and check out what else is available locally. Talking of Yarndale again, there's a bus that can take you down into the town that's got loads of cafes and there is also an amazing farm shop just down the road from the venue. So look at your um, your yarn show and see if there's anything else around and about because you can guarantee that the queues will be less and it's quite likely that the food will be better and cheaper because you're not a captive audience which is the way most people view a yarn show um number six go in with a spending budget <laughs> i know lots of people um that do this the nature of yarn shows means that many of them are rural and therefore getting anything that's like a good enough signal to take card payments can be a real issue. So lots of them depend on being able to take cash sales. So take cash with you. Also, a lot of the um, locations don't have cash machines by beside them. So make sure that you've got cash with you in advance. Vendors tend, and I can't give a sweeping statement, I know how I feel about it, vendors tend to prefer cash. Every transaction that I take on card, I pay 2.7% back to the people that are allowing me to take that electronic transaction. So that's 2.7% of my profit that's gone because I've taken a card payment. And this is why vendors will have a limit on the amount that you can take on card minus 15 pounds i know other people do it for 10 other people do it for 30 and that's why because it costs them money and vending at a yarn show is an expensive deal you've got to hire a van accommodation the cost of getting in there and um, potential staffing costs it's not a cheap thing to do so if you can help vendors out by taking cash rather than doing card transactions then please do. Most of them would prefer that. Um, number seven, be sociable. Um, if you've gone alone, go and grab a coppa and if you're not going out to your car to not be sociable, then go and sit with lots of other people and strike up a conversation. You are in some of the with some of the friendliest people going, and I always do this. Even if I'm with another group of friends, I will always try and talk to the people that are around me, partly because I'm nosy and I want to see what they've been buying, see if I've missed out on something, but partly because I'm a chatterbox and I just I just like to interact with people all the time. Um, so if you're there on your own and you're feeling a bit lonely, just go and grab a cup of tea and go and sit with some people. They will gladly um, sit and talk to you for 10 minutes whilst you have your cuppa. Number eight, if you've got friends on Ravelry or Instagram or a favourite podcaster, see if they're going to the event. See if you can meet up with them for a brew um, and if there's a, or if there's a podcaster meet up, see what's going on and go and join in. Don't be shy. I've had loads of people contact me um, afterwards and said, oh, I saw you at such and such an event, but I, I didn't come and say hello, I was too shy. 
I love it when people come and say hello. You get a hug and I want to know all about you and what you've been buying. And I just, I just love meeting people. So don't be shy. Just come and say hello. I've got so many friendships on the back of this podcast and from people coming and saying, hello, I like what you do. I like your designs or I love your podcast. And it's lovely. So do come and engage with people. And that goes for vendors as well. You know, anyone, if you really like what they do, Go and tell them there's nothing that means more to a small business than somebody coming and saying, I really love your product. It's amazing. Just be sociable. Go out and meet people and go and meet people and the folk that you know from Instagram. Just ping them a message and say, I see you're going to yarn deal as well. Let's try and meet up. It's always appreciated. <laughs> um, number nine, if you don't do well with big crowds, um, check out what is the quietest day for you to go. As a general rule of thumb, if you have got a festival that runs on the Saturday, Sunday, on both days, the afternoon will be quieter. On the Sunday, it will be much, much quieter. So Saturday is always a busier day. Sunday is always the quieter day. And a Sunday afternoon is just not dead, but it's a much, much quieter affair than the, the Saturday um, morning through to l- beyond lunchtime. So if you're not great with crowds, choose the right time to go to a yarn festival. If you're going to a festival that is on a Friday, Saturday, general rule of thumb is that the Friday will be quieter. Because people are usually off at the weekend, that always makes a Saturday a much busier day for a yarn festival. And I'm bearing this out on... Um, festivals that I've attended and festivals that I have vended at and that's the way that I always feel that it is with the crowds and also I get some of the visitor numbers back from the festival organisers and I know that the day that isn't the Saturday is always the quieter of the days so just choose and then you get time to walk around and you actually get to see the stands and the vendors properly and they've got more time to talk and have a chat with you as well. Um, Number 10 check the small print um i've only just seen that people that have got advanced tickets for your deal get in at 10 o'clock if you don't have an advanced ticket you don't get in until 11 o'clock now at your deal and i think that's new for this year so check what is on the small print of your ticket and if you're going to buy a ticket on the day check and make sure that you know what time it actually opens for you because if you don't you could have missed out on an extra hour in bed or an extra hour of crochet um, because you're then just spending your time stood in a queue. So check and see what the um, terms and conditions are for purchasing that ticket. And number 11 I've just added as an extra and it's more of a request and what I would request is that you are vigilant at yarn shows. There's a lot of theft that happens at yarn shows. Um, A lot of stock gets stolen and if you see something that you think looks a bit dodgy, let the vendor know if it's on their stand um, because it can crush a small business. I know multiple vendors that have had quite a lot of stock stolen over the years. So if you see something, let them know. It, it allows them to then have extra eyes on something. Um, you know, I quite often vend on my own and I can't catch everything. And if you get some people that are blocked into your stand, you can't really hover over them and, and make them feel uncomfortable. So if you see something, let the vendor know that you think there might be something dodgy happening. 
it's then up to them to try and do something about it. But it's great to have extra <laughs> eyes and ears on it from um, from a, a visitor's point of view. And then I thought I would review three other ones, which are three things that happen to vendors. And I've again, I've heard this from multiple vendors and I've had it happen to me. So I thought I would give you some things that is best not to do to vendors. Number one, if you want to take a photo of the vendor's stall and items of stock, just ask them in advance. Um, because if you don't, the vendor is stood there thinking, are they about to rip me off? Are they about to steal my intellectual property and try and remake the things that I have created from scratch? Um, are they trying to copy my um, colourways? Just ask the vendor. I've never yet been told, no, you cannot take photos of, of my stand and the stock that I've got. Um, so, yeah, just just ask. It's just polite um, to make sure that you're allowed to take photos on their stand. Number two, and I've had this happen and it's really frustrating, and I know none of you would, but just in case, please don't stand and say, oh, I could make that at half the price. <laughs> I've heard it a couple of times and I know of other vendors that have complained about this as well. It costs a lot of money to make bespoke items and it, there's a lot of heart and soul and time and resource goes into making these items that are available at yarn shows and they're not easy to make and you can't make them at half the price. Um, we tend, vendors tend not to get paid that much. Um, yeah, I'm, like I say, I'm sure none of you ever would. And if you ever hear somebody saying it, feel free to tell them off. And number three, don't be shy. Vendors, by and large, and there are some vendors out there that don't do well with communication, but you'll know that instantly. But there are so many of us that love to have a chatter. Don't be shy. Talk to the vendor. Tell them if you really like something. Um, I always ask people if they come onto my stand and, and I'm not dealing with another customer. I'm always asking what it is that they've been buying, where they've been buying it, if they're enjoying the show. I really like to engage with people. And um, so I would encourage you, you know, initiate some of those conversations with the vendors as well. The, um, you know, it's always nice when somebody comes onto a stand and is bright and bubbly and wants to have a chat with you about their day, how it's going, how they're enjoying the event and what they think of your stock as well. It, it just makes life a little bit more interesting for the vendors. So I'm going to move on to final destination. I have got a couple of items and they both begin with L and end in oft. Um, when I had finished off the lofts last time round and started off the knit along, crochet along, I had quite a few people get in touch and say, have you got a DK version of the pattern as well? And I didn't. And it seems that quite a lot of you like DK weight yarns and you don't go um, below that. And a, a DK is, in American terms, a weight, a light three, basically. That's That's what the yarn is. Um, and so what I did was I promised to put out a DK pattern and I promised to do it on a very short timescale, which I, I managed to do. So inside of a two week turnaround period, I had um, sorted out both patterns. So a DK crocheted pattern, which is available in UK and US terminology and also a knitted pattern. 
So I'll add photos to the show notes. But the knitted one is done in gorgeous, gorgeous green colours, which I'm also entering in for the um, Summer of Romance Cal because green is my bad boy's colour and my bad boy is Loki. It's Tom Hiddleston as Loki. I adore him. There's just something. Claudia talked about it in her podcast, the Crochet Luna podcast, about the psychology of why it is that we love a bad boy. And uh, Loki is just right on my street, as is Tom Hedipedi. He's just lush. Um, so yeah, my, my green knitted version is being entered into the um, Bad Boys and Girls Cal. So that's in. Um, and then I have also crocheted up a blue version DK, um, which is, yeah, using all the kind of denim blue colours in the Knit by Numbers range. And that is all I've been working on, like flat out. I was, by the time I'd done the crocheted one first and then I did the knitted one, I was so <laughs> sick of doing lofts. And I've still got uh, another kind of three to do. Um, so yeah, you're still going to see lofts coming from me for a good little while yet because I have to make them. Um, it's one of the um, things that I do when I do a pattern for um, John and Julia Arbin. I make samples for them as well. And then because I also sell the pattern, I have to make a sample for myself. So I don't get to just do something once. I have to do it multiple times. And because I do knit and crochet, I have to do them multiple times. So by the time that I've got a pattern now, I've probably already done it two or three times. Yes. So yeah, that's they are my um final destinations and both of these are staying with me so if you ever see me on a stand I will have these two versions with me but I think I'm going to try and get like decent use out of them as well particularly the, the blue crocheted one I love and I've got this you know when you're crocheting something up and you you have this idea of how it's going to look on you and the way that you want to wear it this um this blue version for me is skinny jeans my knee-high leather boots, um, a crisp white shirt and that shawl wrapped around me um, kind of V at the front. That's that's how I've got it in my mind. Like looking good, hair done, makeup done, um, off out for like a nice lunch or something. That's that's what I, I've got as my vision for the shawl when I want to wear it. So uh, yeah, and then the green one... Um, It'll just get worn because it's long enough to do like a, um, a push through pashmina where you can push it from one through to the other so it fits really nicely under jackets. Um, so yeah, I'm sure that will get used as well. Um, but I can't use them too much because they've got to look good when I put them out on my stand. So yeah, they are my only two um, final destination finished objects for this month. I've got loads of other bits and pieces on the go but again, it feels like I've just got... Um, really big projects on the go at the moment Um, so yeah I need to get through them and then I'm looking forward to working on some other people's designs Um, actually I really like the inspiration of working from other people's designs and um, whilst I love designing myself <coughs> it feels a bit selfish and it feels particularly selfish because I've got this podcast and I want to be showing you stuff that isn't just mine. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to August being a time for doing more than just my own designs. 
on to, en route. Um, I'm still working on my second top for the cal, which clearly is not going to be done in time because the deadline is midnight tonight. So that's a no-go. But I thought I would just show you the progress that I've got so far. I have done two panels and they are identical. Um, I really like the construction of this top. It's basically two V panels and then what you do is you start working in the round and you incorporate both panels. So you've got your front and the back and you do some clever rounds to um, pull the V down towards your waist. So I don't know how much longer I've got on this. It is um, the Verity Vest Top by the Almond Snug. And Dawn has very kindly given me a discount code for you guys for this um, top. And I could pass it on to you now, but what I'm actually thinking is it will work better when I've got it as a finished object so you can see how it really looks, rather than me saying, oh, look at these two panels for this amazing top. Um, please go and buy it because it's great. I'd rather, like that discount be offered when the top is ready to go and you can see the way that it's meant to look. Um, so yeah, that's um, that's an ongoing that's coming with me to Northern Ireland. We have got hours on a ferry, um, eight hours in total on Thursday night, through the night. And uh, some stupid Mary, me, didn't order a cabin. Um, so we have got eight hours on a ferry crossing the Irish Sea. And we've got no cabin to sleep in, so I don't quite know what's going to happen there because I think the only bit that you can get seating is in and around the bar area, which has got TVs on the go and stuff and, like, truckers and, yeah. So I may end up in the Premier Lounge on the ferry just so that we can try and get some sleep or I may be crocheting away on um, on my Verity vest top. <laughs> And my second en route, unsurprisingly, is a loft. And I only have myself to blame for this. This is a sample that I am doing for John and Juliet's stand. And I'm using the wine colourways. They're really beautiful. These are colours 75, 77 and 79 in the Knit by Numbers range. I really like them. Um, and I didn't need to start this, but Steph from the Tatted Tatter podcast has exactly these colours and um, she said she was going to start it and me being a total plum said, ooh, we could have a loft alone competition. And Steph said yes and she was like, well, I have to have mine finished by Friday before I go on this retreat thing. And my stupid brain went, okay then. <laughs> and then I kind of forgot about it. And then yesterday, Steph put it up on Instagram and said, look, I'm two days into my loft along and my loft off with Faye. And I hadn't even wound up my um, wool. So I got on it straight away, put it out on Instagram and Claudia's joining in. Um, and who else is joining? Somebody else is joining in as well. They told, oh, Becky from Rivernets, she's joining in. She's trying to do it by Friday as well. <laughs> there is not a chance that I'm going to be able to go from, um, I'm on row 60 at the moment, there's not a chance that I'm going to get to go from row 60 
to a fully-fledged DK crochet loft by Friday. Unless I potentially just crochet all my time on the ferry. <laughs> but the little competitive streak in me was just like, do it. Do it. You have to be able to manage this deadline. Oh, it's ridiculous. So, it's, yeah, it's a friendly uh, loft off. Um, but, yeah, if you want to see how we're getting on, go and have a look on um, on Instagram under hashtag loft off because there's a few of us trying to get this done for a Friday deadline. Let's see what happens there. Um, if anybody was interested, by the way, and you live in America or Canada, Claire at The Woolly Thistle, and I've put links into the show notes, has got every single shade of the Knit by Numbers DK. And she has also pulled together some really nice colour kits for the loft shawl. So whether you want to do knitted or crocheted, she's pulled together some lovely colours or you can put your own colours in there. And I think the kits are $49.95 for three 100 gram skeins, a tote bag and her pin. Which I think, in American terms, is really quite a good deal for this yarn. I think she's done like quite a nice bundle deal on it. Um, so that's available at thewoollythistle.com. Um, but like I say, I've popped a link for that into the show notes. So I do have other en routes that I'm working on, but they are knitted. So I'll just show you them when I've got them as um, final destination objects. Rather than showing you all of the other knitted projects that I've got on the go. So I'm going to move on to feeding the habit. It's been really busy. I've been just, I've been everywhere and I've been buying up local yarn and um, yarn for the next set of designs as well. And so I've got quite a lot. I'm thinking I might need to yarn ban myself again for the end of the year. Um, I might get past yarn deal and yarn folk and then have a October, November, December yarn ban again and just not buy anything else until I've worked through a load more of my stuff because, well, just wait till you see what's been going on. It doesn't help that I have been to so many woolly events um, in the last few weeks and my intention is to do exactly the same as I did last month. I've been to lots of places, I've taken loads of photos, taken some video footage, I've been to four different local yarn shops in the last four weeks. Um, I have been to, I think, three yarn events. I've got yarn folk coming up and I want to be able to show you the um, Northern Irish coastline as well and what I get up to in Northern Ireland. So I'm going to do an extra podcast mid-August where I'll pull together like part two of my summer shenanigans. Um, so it won't be, again, it won't be the standard podcast. It will just be me talking about what it is that I've been up to in some of the different woolly events that I've been attending and my mini holiday, my mini break. Um, now, I was looking at the download numbers for um, audio in particular and I think some of you um, have missed out episode 31 and you went straight to 32 and I don't know if that's because you're downloading it on your phone and it just automatically gives you the latest podcast. 
So if you went straight to episode 32 and it didn't sound like a normal podcast, that's because it wasn't. And what you've done is missed episode 31, which is the one that you want, which was my standard July podcast. So go back, look for 31. And that's the one that you actually want to be listening to, unless you're happy to do both. Um, But 32 is just summer shenanigans. It's all the stuff that I was up to in July. Sorry, in June. Right, let's get on with some of the things that I have been buying. So I managed to pick up a couple of um, plant dye books that I would not come across before. Um, the first is called Dyes from Plants and it's by a lady called Sinead Robertson. Um, I think I paid £5 for that and it's a really nice, quite in-depth one. And it covers um, plants both that are UK um, natural plants and also go over into um, US and Canada as well. So I thought that might probably quite a good reference one because I talk about natural dyeing quite a bit on the website and I often have people ask me questions about what it is that I'm dyeing and whether it would work for them and the plants that they've got access to. So another nice bit of reference material. And then I also found another one which is called Natural Dyes for Spinners and Weavers um, by a lady called Hetty Wickens. What a lovely name, Hetty Wickens. And I really like this one because... Um, one, it's got crochet in it and it shows stuff after it's been crocheted up and woven and it's got really good colour photos to show you how the different dyes should look with different mordants. Just lots of information that some of the newer books don't really go into. Um, and it also has quite a lot of um, household plants and quite a lot of techniques in there as well. Even for things like doing um, like tie-dye. Um, with your natural dyes so yeah quite quite a nice little book and that was a whole £2.50 um, so yeah a couple of new dye books and then I found one which is The Practical Spinner's Guide to Wool um, and that's an interweave publication and it is by Kate Larson apparently this is quite a new book and reasonably well thought of and the reason I got this is because it seemed like a good crossover from some of my books about natural fibres and about all the breeds. And this talks about all of that in some depth, but really comes at it from a spinning point of view. So again, I thought this was a good one to have in my in my arsenal. And I think that was like £3 or something at um, at the little local Blaze Farm event. So yeah, I was really... Really chuffed with my purchases on that one. Um, I like having books. I like having craft books um, because I go back and I reference them a lot. And I use them quite a lot for the podcast as well. So rather than just taking to the internet, I really enjoy scooping up a big pile of books that I think are going to be relevant to the topic or to a question that I've been asked, sitting with a cup of tea and... Um, soaking up loads of information. The thing about looking it up on Google is you quite often get your answer all too quickly. Um, and if you're going in and looking for it through a book, then you tend to pick up lots of other information at the same time whilst you're rooting about trying to find the answer for stuff. And I, I really quite like that. I love learning. I am a little sponge. I love taking in information and assimilating it into the different areas of my life so it really suits me to have lots of books the other thing that I got 
was from Claudia, Crucial in a podcast. I sell her badge pins and I'm about to start, I'm about to pop up online her buttons as well. And so she sent me a load of them and she sent me some for my bags too. So I've got her Summer of Romance Cal 2018 buttons. They'll be loaded up on the shop by the time this podcast goes live. And also her Equal Opportunity Yarn Lover button. And also her Yarn Vixen one. She's got a lot of yellow buttons this time, which pleases me no end. Love a yellow button. Um, and also the um, Happiness is Crochet, which comes in lots of different colours. So they are going to be added to one of my bags shortly, but I wanted to show them off here first. And like I say, they'll be loaded up on the shop. So if you're a fan of Claudia and her podcast and you've seen her showing off her lovely buttons, then they will be up. Um, yeah, they'll be up by the time you're seeing and listening to this. So, yeah, I've got four of them to add on to my um add on to my bags. Right, would you like to see the wool and the yarn? Let's start with the wool that I bought at Blaze Farm. And you'll understand when you see it, you'll understand why I couldn't say no to this. So I have two natural colours of brown, one which is quite a toffee brown and one which is quite a peaty brown. It says it's a DK, but it's quite a, it's quite a chunky uh, yarn. And the reason I couldn't say no to this is because this is from a local Icelandic flock of sheep. They live about 20 miles from me. And it's so different from the Icelandic stuff that I get from Iceland. It's actually an awful lot um, softer to handle. There's less guard here, which I guess you would expect because... It's living in a very different climate. Um, it's just, it's a totally different take on Icelandic wool. And I was just intrigued by it. And the fact that it's um, locally grown to me and it's Icelandic, I just, I couldn't resist. And the toffee brown colour is absolutely beautiful. So I got um, one of each of those to have a little play with and just make something up I don't know what I'm going to make with them but they had me at Icelandic <laughs> that was it I was just like yeah that's you're coming home with me this this has to be a thing um information is in the show notes for um who the breeder is for this if you're interested in um trying out some of their stock I think they sell online um but I've got their business card so I'll make sure it's linked it smells really almost like sweet and nutty. It's got a really interesting nose on it compared to the um, the Icelandic Icelandic sheep that I get. Yeah, it's, it's lovely. So that's pile number one. Then I went to... I went to You and Ply. You and Ply is run by... Um, Becca and Terry, they're great friends and they've been open, I think, for about two and a half years. Their shop is in the Market Hall in Shrewsbury and Shrewsbury is just a half an hour train ride for me. So it is one of my local yarn shops and their shop has just gone from strength to strength and I love what they do. They are very 
um, British focused and they're very keen as I am on the provenance of everything that they sell. They ask every supplier where the goods come from and trying to understand what the sourcing policy is, what the labour policy is. And that, you know, that's that's really important in my world. So I love the fact that um, Becca and Terry do that as well. And one of the things that they've been developing in the last couple of years is sourcing their own fleeces to create their own blends of wool and having it spun for them. And I had the pleasure of seeing them when at Edinburgh Yarn Festival when they were on their way up towards um, the new Lanark Mill to go and have this lot um, spun. And then they've got it back down and they have been dyeing it up. They like very um, like historical dye colours, so trying to emulate the historical natural dyes that you would get. And they are working on natural dyes as well. So they go with, um, you know, it's not... It's not multicoloured, rainbow, lots of stuff on different dyes. They're concentrating on stuff that looks great for um, tonal work or for colour work, crochet or knitted. And that's exactly what they've got. And it comes in an add-in and a DK weight. And it's called Shropshire Ply. And they give me this little bundle to have a play with, which I will do. And it's so springy, it's so boingy, this wool. Um, I've used their Shropshire ply before, I used the four ply and really loved it. So I'm looking forward to having a little play with this. But I I was over meeting with them and this was a this was a nice little bonus that I came away with. Um and then what I also got from them was they have um another one that they've been dying up. I just I couldn't say no to this. It's like a little dirty tiger. I just love it. It's got a base of grey and then it's got the orange and yellow tones that you get in a tiger. So it is, it's just, it's like a dirty tiger that's been rolling about in charcoal. I love this. And I saw it um, knitted up in a pair of socks when I was in the shop and it just had to come home with me. That rusty orange is just, it's divine and I struggle to walk away from this colour all the time. And this is 40% British wool, 35% um, British Blueface Leicester and 25% nylon. And it says, hand painted with humour, <laughs> which perfectly sums up Becca and Terry. If you're ever in and around um, Shrewsbury, please go and see them in the Market Hall. It's a great shop. It's doubled in size this year and they're just, they're going all out and it is packed, absolutely packed to the gunnels full of really beautiful woolen yarn. Um, and this is spun by West Yorkshire Spinners. I just, this is immediately, this is a pair of socks waiting to happen um, for me. I think it's the Dirty Tiger is a bit too much for uh, for Matthew. It's actually called Alley Cat, so I'm not that far off it with Dirty Tiger, but I might suggest that they rename it Dirty Tiger. <laughs> um, and what else did I get from there? They also had some other sock wool that I haven't tried before, so I wanted to give it a whirl. In part because it looks really lovely and it's got quite a high twist on it. But I thought it might be good for crocheted socks as well. It is by Grundle, which is a German company. And it's called Hot Socks Pearl mit Cashmere. So Pearl with Cashmere. And it is 75% wool, um, 20% polyamide, 5% cashmere. 
and the ladies tell me that this is just the most beautiful sock wool. And of course they had it in a mustard tone, so you had me at mustard. Um, yeah, and it's a really good pricing point. It's £3.50 for 50 grams. So um, I'm going to be doing quite a lot of sock crocheting in the coming few weeks because I'm getting ready for our sock along. More information on that um, in the next podcast, but that's going to be starting the weekend of Yarndale. Claudia and I are going to kick it off at Yarndale when we meet up face to face for the first time ever. So in advance of that, I need to have been getting my uh, crochet sock game on. So I wanted to top up and get some other wools that I can test out as part of the crochet along because I've, I've already tested a few and I wanted some different ones to try out. So that was, uh, that was you imply. And then I went to see, you'll have heard me reference Deb at Find Me Knitting. Um, she's my lovely tech editor, she's an absolute star. And she has opened her shop, um, Find Me Knitting, in Betty Sequoid and it opened on the Friday and I managed to get along there on the Sunday and I also managed to meet up with um, Sharon who is my crochet makes and has offered up the prize for the no sew kimono so I managed to see her for a few minutes over at the shop and the shop is just it's just lovely go and see episode 34 when that comes out because I'll be able to show you the shop and show you how it looks but one of the things that she had in was um, a coloured Ryland wool. It's 50 grams, it's a light add-in, and it's 100% British, undyed um, wool, traditionally bred sheep, that happily graze the green hills of Snowdonia. And this is, it says, lovingly shorn in 2017 by Naomi. I love it. So um, Ryland, as a breed, comes in um, coloured and kind of natural uncoloured. The uncoloured is a beautiful creamy colour and the coloured can be any kind of shade of brown in between. It varies quite a bit. And this is a lovely mid-brown um, and it comes from Wandering Goose Farm, which is just up the road from, um, from where Deb's shop is, which is brilliant. And if you would like to know more about Wandering Goose Farm, they're on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And you can type in the hashtag Wandering Goose Farm where they encourage you to come and meet the sheep. Love it. I, I really like it when um, when farmers and kind of wool brands are very upfront about what it is that they do. And they use social media as a great tool for showing off how they farm and their process for getting to wool. Um. Yeah, it's, it's not a wool that will be for everyone, but I know that Ryland is really warm and it gives great stitch definition when you use it. So, um, yeah, watch this space. Something will be happening with this one. Something will be happening with all of this. Um, the other thing that Deb had in that I thought was really interesting, it was a bit of a one-off. Um, I don't think she can get it again. And it is an alpaca and Gotland blend. So... It's got that lovely lustre that you get from the Gotland, but softness coming through from the alpaca. And it is 50% alpaca from Nottinghamshire, 50% Gotland from Lancashire, and it's spun and dyed in Lincolnshire. So again, nice provenance, and the colours are just gorgeous. So there's a light mossy green colour, 
which has got a silveriness to it because of the Gotland. And then there's a mid purple as well. And the colours are just beautiful. And these have to be a project together because the colours are just so nice together. And it's got that slightly um, like buttery feel. There's um, You can feel um, the lanolin in it. And it's just... Again, it's got that sweet grassy smell to it. It's beautiful. And I'm thinking cowl for this. Although I'm not sure how well I can take these colours up on my face, but I don't really care because I just I love these. They were just beautiful. Um and hundred grams is two hundred and ninety-five metres, so it's about a um a kind of sport weight just under. I think Deb has got these up on her website, so if you're interested, the purple is called purple and the greeny colour is called sea foam, which is a great name for it actually, because it does have that kind of greeny foaming um, colour to it but this is what I was saying I like to be able to go and support and if a, if a local yarn shop is doing stuff with interesting local wool or just stuff that's um, that has the provenance and is supporting the economy of your country then that deserves supporting frankly that's, that's what I'd rather be spending my money here than waiting for Love Knitting, Love Crochet or Dead Moors to do a 30% off. My money's better spent in my local yarn shop doing this sort of stuff. Right. That's not all. Because it was my birthday month, and because I have found a wool that I love, love, love and adore, um, I bought a jumper's quantities worth. I um, and I got the North Ronaldsey wool, which is just so soft, so buttery. I just love this stuff. Um, and I, I felt some when I was up at Woolfest in Cumbria in June, and it was not the same. The stuff that is coming out of um, a yarn from North Ronaldsey, which comes off the island is another level. It is so different from any other North Ronald Zoo that I have ever touched. I don't know what they do in the spinning process. I don't know if it's just because of the habitat that the sheep have up on the island of North Ronald Zoo. I don't know, but oh, it's different. It's, you know, this is probably the most marked difference I've seen in a breed um, being from one location to the next. It's This stuff is incredible. So I have five skeins, which is my jumper quantity's worth. And then what I'm planning is for each birthday and or Christmas that I will get a load of yarn from another island. It could be anywhere globally, it doesn't have to be UK. But I will keep on supporting little island um, production of wool for every um, birthday or Christmas jumper that I make. So the next one that I'm lining up, if I do a Christmas one, is um, Nash Island on Maine in in the US. That will be the one that I go for next. Um, because again, that's small production um, done by a micro mill. It's just a really interesting wool, um, much the same as this. And I love the idea of having garments that are made by me that have got um, special significance because the people that I love and my family members and friends have paid for it and I've chosen the pattern and chosen which island the wool comes from. So, yeah, feel free to join me if you want to do the same and have, like, birthday garments 
and um, do some island hopping as well. So, yeah, I have a jumper's quantity's worth of the North Ronaldsea. And if any of you are going to Orkney and you end up on North Ronaldsea, try and get your paws on this stuff because it's, it's just incredible. I think from what Isla, um, formerly of Brityarn, was saying is it's actually available in some of the main shops on the um, main island as well. So, uh, yeah, you might be able to get your hands on this even if you don't go to North Ronaldsea. But also, Yarn from North Ronaldsea have a website which I'll link to in the show notes and you can buy it direct from them. But I don't think they've got much of this clip left. So the, there are bits and pieces, but there's not a lot. I think I might have got the last jumpers going to do's worth. I love, I love it. Oh, it smells so sheepy. So I also went to Yarningham with Charlie. Charlie and I went and had a day out and um, uh, Charlie is the Love Charlie podcast. And we went and I, I don't think, did I buy anything? I don't think I bought anything, but Charlie was very generous and bought me a skein of River Knits for my birthday and the one that she got me is called Shepherd's Warning and it is um deep deep midnighty blue with tealy greens in there as well it is just gorgeous you know how I feel about Becky's dying um and the colourways that she comes up with are just I love them and I know the origins of this this um, colourway and it had to be paired up with the other one that she's done which is called Shepherd's Delight which she put um, one aside for me so that I could see it on the Sunday at um, Yarningham and we put it to one side for me to buy it at the end of the day and she and I went and had a, Charlie and Becky and I went and had a, a slice of cake and I came back to come and pay for it and Marcus had sold it he sold my skein of Shepherd's Delight. So when I was um when I was at Fiber East at the weekend just gone, she made sure that she kept me one back and Marcus was not allowed to sell it. So my plan is to keep these two together because they are gorgeous. So whereas Shepherd's warning is that dark, dark um blue colour. Shepherd's Delight for me is a proper um sunset and sunrise colour. I've long been looking for a sunset sunrise colour that I think is correct and all too often I feel like the indie dyers put too much yellow into it, they make the orangey too orange and not enough coral in it and Becky has nailed this for me. It's got a kind of violet purple in it and a grey, you know when you get all of those colours and that kind of rose pink going into maroon. When you've got clouds during a sunset and you've just got that the kind of dark nature of the clouds in it, along with the orange and the and the coral that beams off the sun, that she's just absolutely nailed it for me. This is exactly the colour that I wanted for a, a sunrise sunset colour of yarn. And I think these two just go brilliantly together because there are elements of coral um, kind of in this blue as well. So they go amazingly well together. And I'm going to 
pull them together in something. I don't know just what. And I know she's going to repeat this colourway anyway, but I wanted it. It's the first yarn for a long time that I've just gone, oh, I really, I have to have that. I really, 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 really want that. And um, yeah, I just love them. So they had to come home with me. And then in the end, so Charlie bought me um, Shepherd's Warning. And then when I saw Becky on Sunday, she gave me Shepherd's Delight for my birthday. So yeah, I've got two gorgeous um, skeins of river nets that um, I was given as presents by lovely, lovely people. So I'm very excited. <laughs> but photos will be in the show notes and you'll get it when you see them together. You'll get it because they are just gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. I feel very spoiled. Uh, and then Charlie was just really naughty and she snuck off and she went and bought a um, sock kit that I had been eyeing up um, with a mini. And it's by a company that I haven't used before, before and they're called Down Sheepy Lane. And the kit is um it's a hundred gram skin of seventy five percent blue face lester twenty five percent nylon and a little mini twenty grams of um twenty five sorry seventy five percent merino twenty five percent nylon and the colour is called paper roses it's beautiful it's like that old antique kind of pinks with a little bit of yellow and some browns and sprinkled with the green and the mini that goes with it is quite a mid-forest green, but it's quite variegated. And these are going to look beautiful in socks. Absolutely beautiful. Because Charlie was just being really naughty at this point. There was, she, there was no need to be um, buying this as well. So what I've agreed with her is that she needs to give me her sock measurements. Because I know I can get two pairs of socks out of the 100 gram skein. So... Um, I will pick another colour for her contrast heels and toes and I will knit her a pair of socks So, um, because she was just like, far too generous so she needs to have knitted socks out of this but oh, the colours are gorgeous um, so I go to my local spinners, weavers, dyers group once a month and we've just set up a subgroup which is purely for spinning and we meet um one one Wednesday every month and it's just been and um my friend Joy who is also my spinning guru she is amazing um she had been working on one of my patterns on Doppio Colosseum which uses a linen stitch I'll try and pop a photo in for you and when she had been at um, Wonderful Wales, she I'd given her the pattern as a thank you for being so giving with her, her time on spinning and helping the club out so much. But she had been to go and see Becky and she bought a skein of Mermaid, which is exactly as it sounds on the tin. It's all of those greens and teals and purples and pinks and blues you would expect um, on the iridescent kind of scaly parts of a mermaid and it is beautiful and I've long admired this colourway but didn't know what I could do with it and as I say Joy had used it for Doppio Colosseum and it is the most gorgeous um, yarn and stitch combination that I've seen for a long time 
linen stitch really really suits um, mermaid as a colourway just the way that the colours present themselves and how spaced out they are it's absolutely beautiful and um, it, it made me just want to go straight to Becky's stand on uh, on Sunday and go and buy some because when I'd seen Joy's I was thinking oh I could just make myself a, a Doppio Colosseum because as with all of my stuff I I have samples but I tend not to wear them that much because I want to keep them good for samples um, but I didn't want to just make a Doppio Colosseum and then a design started filtering through my head for what I could do in linen stitch, another shawl, but quite different from Doppio and how I could do that in Mermaid. And I've, I, if I can make it work, I think this shawl is just going to be really striking and beautiful. And it depends on having two skeins of Mermaid and then a contrast but matching colour that will be used in it as well. And I've picked quite a vibrant pinky purple almost like a magenta colour which will be the colour pop that comes out of it and they just they look so good together I'm very excited about this shawl um, yeah Becky and I stood there for a little while picking out what we thought was the right contrast colour to go with Mermaid and I think I really feel like we've nailed it and I was just the, sometimes you get a pattern in your head and it just will not go away and it just keeps on filtering while I'm sleeping I know my brain is ticking it over working out the intricacies of it and how I can make what I want to happen um, actually come alive and I'm really looking forward but be less my pie be more work around I'm not allowed to start this until I've got some of my other designs out and done so you're not going to see this coming and being used for a little while, but just know it's there. Just admire the beauty of Mermaid and that magenta pinky purple together. It's gorgeous. And yeah, take a look at the show notes and Joy's, um, Joy's shawl with Mermaid in linen stitch. It's, it's just like, it took my breath away when she showed it to me. I was absolutely in awe of what she'd created with it. It was beautiful. And that concludes everything that I have bought and been given and just been passed on um, this month. It's quite a lot. Quick news beats. The next global hookup, I'm going to do double again because I really enjoy having one on the Saturday night and one on the Sunday morning. So the Saturday night will be on the 11th of August. It's going to be an 8.30 kickoff time. That's British summer time, 8.30 p.m., and it goes on for however long it needs to go on for. Um, and then the second one will be on the Sunday morning, which is Sunday the 12th of August. And that will start at 9am British summertime. That seems to work for um, a lot of people through in Australia. And um, it also randomly works for um, Claudia, who's a bit of a night owl. So it means that she can come in and join us, even though she's in San Diego. So depending on what you want, um, those two sessions will be available. Um, I'm really loving the way that the global hookups are working. They're very relaxed and everybody just chats away. It's, there's less dependency on me keeping stuff going and keeping the chatter flowing as people are starting to get to know themselves. So if you are minus a crochet group and you want to be part of a crafting group, 
come and join us. It's really simple to join in and it's a very friendly atmosphere to sit and do some crochet or knitting or whatever you want to do for a couple of hours. You can join for 10 minutes and leave if you want or you can stay for as long as I keep the session open. It's usually a couple of hours though. It's good fun. It's really nice to have um, more conversation and more friendship growth with um, with lots of people that are crochet clan. It's, it's lovely. Um, another little quick one, and I'm already feeling embarrassed because it's it's about me. But I've started um, selling my patterns. Look, I'm I'm scratching myself because I feel embarrassed about it. That's ridiculous. I've started selling my patterns and some of the goods from my website wholesale into local yarn shops. So that can be done globally. If you have got a local yarn shop that you think would be a good match for my products and my patterns, feel free to drop me a line um, and and I'll get in touch with them. Um, I know that often the thing that crocheters complain about is that there's not enough crochet content in local yarn shops. The notions are very knitting related and the patterns are knitting related and the way that they speak to people that come through the door is very knitting related as well. Um, so if you think that you've got a local yarn shop that would be interested in carrying my patterns, hard copy, um, let me know and I will get in touch with them. I had my first um, wholesale order through today so it's it's starting to roll out and I've been working on point of sale and um, packaging and stuff and just yeah I've been I've been working my little socks off over the last few weeks and um, that's one of the reasons I've been visiting so many yarn shops is because I've been having meetings with them um, about wholesaling my products out to them so it's all very exciting and nerve-wracking at the same time but yeah that's that's the other thing that I'm gearing up for so let me know if you have a yarn shop that I should be talking to thank you I have got another giveaway for you in this podcast it's a very localized one for um, UK folk but I'm vending at the Southern Wool Show on the 1st of September and that's at Newbury Racecourse and the lovely organizer Nick who's fab He's given us at the podcast two free tickets to give away. So um, what I'm suggesting is if you're in and around that Newbury area and you fancy winning a pair of tickets, like I say, it's going to be localised. So if you're going to come, then um, it's worth going in for this prize. And I'm going to do it on a really quick turnaround so that you don't then go and buy tickets. Um, so I will open this for a week starting on Friday the 3rd it will go on until Friday the 10th and it's going to be run through the Ravelry thread so there will be a thread in there for um, the ticket competition go into there and just write me a little comment and then I will do a prize draw on those two tickets and if somebody wins it and they were coming on their own then I will um, do another quick random number generator and I'll get that second ticket out to somebody else. So um, that's the Southern Wool Show, which is at Newbury Racecourse on the 1st of September. And that's that's a brand new show again for the UK. It's a one-day one, um, which I really like bending a one-day show. It's far less hassle. It's far less tiring as well. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. And if you're coming, come and say hello. It's future fee again because I forgot to tell you something in um, in quick news beats 
I mentioned last time round that I'd made meringues and a few of you wanted the recipe so I've added it into the show notes it will link to one of my other websites that I don't think I've ever told you about where I used to put up loads of recipes because I love cooking and I love making my own bits and pieces up and um, so I'll add the link to the meringues in there and honestly I've tested every meringue recipe going this is the one to use um, and the keen-eyed amongst you might have already seen that I've got a recipe up in the latest issue of Holland and magazine so I've provided a link into that as well it's for a kind of summer porridge which is cold really easy to make and it, you can portion it up and keep it in the fridge for five days so it's it's a great kind of weekday breakfast for throughout the summer so I'll add a link to that and I also mentioned somebody well I mentioned on the um, episode 32 that I made my own ragu sauce and somebody's asked for that recipe so I'll pop that in um next episode that I do um yeah, I'll add that into the show links because I'll have to type it up because I have to. Th- I tend to just put a bit of everything in, but it is an amazing ragu recipe that I learned on a cookery course out in Italy. So it's fairly authentic, or at least I was told that it was authentic. So yeah, I'll pop that into the next proper episode for you. Right, future phase now going, never to come back again. Bye bye. So let's move on to big up. Um, I wanted to say thank you to everybody that joined into the um, Summer Top Cal. Really inspirational stuff. Huge amount of different yarns that have been used. Huge, um, like, different takes on the way that a pattern can look. Um, yeah, I just encourage you to go and look at the FO threads because so many tops have been made and so many different tops and free paid for patterns really something for everyone no matter what your your crafting tastes are I truly believe that you'll be catered for in that thread so go and have a look and see what everybody's done um, and thank you as ever for being part of the Cal I said that the next one will be the um, the sock Cal so I need to do a load of work on that when I get back after Northern Ireland but that promises to be a really um kind of educational cal it's the main cal that I'm putting a lot of my time and effort into this year and uh, yeah it promises to be a really good one I'm hoping that I've got loads of different people involved and about five different designers with their sock designs so yeah I'm putting a lot of um kind of work and effort into that at the moment and come I think it's the third week of September we'll be going live with a really good fun but informative and educational cal on socks, crocheted socks as well. Final bit, some j'adores. Um, I have a new song that I'm utterly obsessed by. I know I'm not the only one, but when I get a new song that I love, I will play it on repeat. And um, this one is called Shotgun by George Ezra. Um, he's got quite a funky, soulful voice and... I really like his original, but also I really love some of the dance remixes. In particular, there's a Danny Dove dance remix. And Matthew is so sick of this song because I'm just playing it on repeat all the time. I love it. I've linked to it in the show notes and it's just, I'm I'm pretty much obsessed with this song at the moment. Um, On the TV front, we boshed inside of two nights, two CDs of The Good Place. <laughs> I loved, I loved the premise of this 
um, TV show. I'm not going to spoil it for you because if I start talking about it, it will tell you kind of what's going on within the TV show. It's from the same creator as Parks and Rec, which I just loved and adored. Um, I j yeah, so... If you were a fan of Parks and Rec, I truly believe that you'd be a fan of The Good Place as well. It's got such a great um, cast lineup. It's really good. Uh, so if you're looking for a new box set, and there are so many to choose from, and I've talked about this before, loads of them are utter tosh. Um, but The Good Place is witty and charming. And yeah, I just think it's really funny. <laughs> it's good. I mean, for us to do a box set in inside of, uh, well, to do two series inside of two nights tells you something. Also, it was really hot and we couldn't move, so we just lay on the bed watching um, watching The Good Place for two nights. That's what we did. Um, so, yeah, go, and go forth and enjoy. Let me know if you enjoyed it. If you've already seen it, let me know, because I, I thought it was fabulous. Series three comes out in November, by the way. And the um the second part of series five of Vikings is due out later this year as well. Excited for that. Love a Viking. <laughs> um and audiobook wise, I'm still making my way through the Baroque Cycle by Neil Stevenson. It's a huge, huge task to go through the Baroque Cycle, and I am on books four and five, they're told in tandem. Um, I, I just love it. I've already listened to it all once. This is my second sitting and I'm loving it just as much second time round as I was first time round. Possibly even more because it's quite a factual um, story that's been told. There are a lot of um, interesting historical facts told within it and I just I love it. It's on Audible so for one credit you can get each of the of the books in the Brock cycle and if you want something that's a big, like, chunky set of audiobooks to go through, then I thoroughly... Re and you like history, then I thoroughly recommend um, The Brock Cycle. It's fabulous. It's brilliantly um, detailed, researched and told. I really like the people that are narrating it as well. Right, my lovelies. That is it. I think I have said everything that I need to say. I have shown you my wealth of new yarn. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm ready to go pack and get ready for packing the car up and going to Northern Ireland. I mean, have I mentioned it enough? Can you tell that I'm excited? Can you tell that I'm really, really due a couple of days out and that I can't wait to spend some time with my husband? We've even planned to take our little mini fold-up barbecue and go and have a barbecue down on the beach one night. Um, but before then, I've got a house to clean, some cat sick to clean up. Uh, the cat has also uh, given us a rat for a present, which is currently living in our kitchen, so I've got to go and deal with that as well. So, basically, it's time to shut up, go and deal with the rat and cat sick. Love my life. It's bro. <laughs> Right, until next month, well, until the August one and then proper podcast again in a month's time um, in September. Have a lovely rest of your holiday and I will uh, see you soon and I'm moving. Bye-bye.
only just made you come in. I'm not even gonna say hello. And give some purrs. You happy podcat? No, you're an unhappy podcat. Do you want to leave? I'm to take breathers because there's so much yarn to talk about.